This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. They'll help you, guide you through the process. You know, they won't provide legal services, but they will certainly work with uh, your local attorney or, or local representative and then help you guide through the process. So it's a great service. That's WQA Government Affairs Director David Loveday talking about the International Trade Administration, a bureau of the U.S. Department of Commerce. And welcome to another edition of WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Find us at wqa.org and on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. This is podcast number 72. We talked with David Loveday about the recent Aquatech show in Shanghai and how the International Trade Administration can help WQA members conduct business in China and elsewhere around the world. We also talk about the recent EPA summit on PFCs and what's ahead when it comes to regulating those contaminants. Plus, I'll have this week's WQA tip. Now on to my conversation with David Loveday on WQA Radio. David, nice to have you back on WQA Radio. Always good to talk to you and get an update on government affairs. Oh, thanks, Wes. Good to have, good to be back. And you are just back. Speaking of being back, you're back from China. So uh, dealing with jet lag, I'm sure, but also uh, responses, I'm sure, of many uh, of the of the convention itself. 3,300 exhibitors, 34,000 attendees. It must have been a, just a gargantuan. It was, it was very large. Four halls were, were taken up by all different uh, manufacturers. We had many of our members there with, with tremendous uh, displays and booths at the, at the Aquatech China show. Uh, fast, it was packed and a lot of excitement going on there. Right. Now, you were there uh, primarily to set up a meeting for our members with the Department of Commerce, is that correct? Can you yeah, tell us we, about we that? were there. We set up a meeting with the one of the offices within the U.S. Department of Commerce. It's the uh, International Trade Administration, uh, U.S. Uh, Commercial Services people. Uh, most of the embassies are consulates around the world. The U.S. Uh, U.S. Department of Commerce does have uh, representatives there to help businesses who uh, to export products into those countries. And we were lucky enough to have uh, Frank Joseph with the uh, commercial officer at the U.S. Department uh, at the U.S. Uh, consulate in Shanghai come and speak. Uh, to our members about doing business in China and different uh, barriers if there are and what they, what kind of services they can provide. He also brought three other, three other of his team members there, all uh, Chinese nationals, to help walk people through and, and talk to them individually if they had issues. Did you get a sense from him as to how optimistic he is about the connections and relationship that we, we as members collectively uh, would have getting uh, our foot in the door, so to speak? Well, it was interesting you say that because we had one or two members that were actually one of them was just starting to think about going into China. And and, and so the the 
the commercials, U.S. commercial services within the department is probably one of the best kept secrets in government. They do a lot of work for you. They can do uh, business analysis for you to see if you're going into the right market, what there is. They can do uh, research on, on your on your industry to see what uh, worries you should have. They can do IP investigations and walk you through, through investigation. They can help you with paperwork and make sure you fill out the paperwork right. And make sure you fill it out so you can't be copied or you don't have any other issues come down the road. There's a lot of services that they can provide for free. Making sure your trademark is registered in China. Trademark and that your trademark and that you're registered generally because there are two ways to do it. For example, if you may register in China uh, and they're he's explained it that there's like 60 different classifications that you can put in for for registering your products. Most likely. You put your one, you register one class, and it might be the, for the water treatment. But their suggestion is make sure you register in all the classes because then, if once you get on the radar screen there, people will start registering your trademark or logo, or whatever, within those other classes to cause confusion, which then might have an issue down the road if you try to take a challenge to the to the Chinese government. So there's a lot of tips that they can provide, mm-hmm. but also they, for example, they'll if you're going to go in and you need to hire someone locally there, they'll do background checks, they'll do an invest, you know, do research for you, be like an uh, uh, an employment service person office for you where you can go in and then they'll give you a list of three or four people or companies to part that you can partner with that you can make you know to make the final decision but they've done all the background work for so you, you don't have to go in blind you can exactly really right get there's a good, lot of great services that they do there and, and something uh, that uh and then they also make sure you fill paperwork out if there's a challenge or you're having a uh maybe you think some unfair trade issue going on They'll help you, guide you through the process. You know, they won't provide legal services, but they will certainly work with the, your local attorney or, or local representative and then help you guide through the process. So it's a great service. And that's going to be something that our members can continue to follow via WQA's government affairs. Right. right? We, we, and an interesting thing about this, and our members should understand, is that, okay, in every uh, most consulates and embassies around the world, there are these offices but they have more than 80 offices here in the U.S. and at 80 cities. So what you do, if you're thinking of going anywhere in the world to do export your product, go and look for the research on the U.S. Department of uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Department of Commerce, and then look at the International Trade Administration and find out where their local office is and reach out to them. One of, some of our members over in China were already doing that, have done that, and, and they were... They're great. It's a great resource if you're doing it so you don't go in blind. They'll, they'll help you get set up. And this way, it's sort, of, it's sort of like, remember, they're working for you because they're with the U.S. government, and they're working for you, and it's sort of like an additional people you have on the ground in those countries. Well, and as you put it, it sounds like it's one of the best-kept secrets <laughs> going on in government. Right. So we, We're going to be looking at uh, same thing, working with the uh, uh, commercial services and in, in EU now and other places where we know we have a lot of members doing a lot of export work to help them and you know make sure we understand what's going on and also determine what the market penetration could be. All right, so stay with WQA on government affairs and check back on the government affairs page. We'll be sending out information in the monthly government affairs reports, in our e-news, our weekly e-news. We'll have recaps of many of these various issues. So so we'll keep you posted, all right? Now, also, David, you were in Washington a couple of weeks ago for the big EPA summit on PFCs. Wondering what you could fill us in there that was, about. That was a two-day summit. It was a 
uh, a full day and then a half a day. They brought in more than 200 people from around the country, a lot of uh, state regulators, a lot of uh, uh, advocates. They brought in about six or seven trade uh, associations there. We were invited to be one of them. Eric Agee, our technical director, and I, I went to the, to the meeting. It was opened up by the administrator, uh, Pruitt, mm-hmm. to open up the thing, the, the summit. I, I think the EPA is taking this issue very seriously. It's one that I think is emerging. It's one that is that is not going to go away. And I think they're trying to get a handle on how to deal with this. How, you know, it's going to take them a long time to put a, maybe an MCL in there. It takes years to get one put in place or or other kind of regulation. But what I got out of it was by the, by later this year, the end of the year, the EPA will come up with a national uh, management plan for these type of contaminants. At least that's the start that, that uh, both states and, and the feds can begin to look at regulatory issues. But I think the, on, on another issue, I think a lot of states are already moving forward to set their own MCL, and we'll keep track of that for our members. Okay, so that next step then is this report that or this plan. Plan. It will be a national management plan. The EPA will be taking this, this issue on the road. I know they have about... Eight other public meetings they're going to hold around the country. I know New Hampshire's one. I think they're going to do one in Denver, and then they're going to look at other places where we'll be doing these uh, public hearings to get public to request public comment. Uh, so uh, if you're you know if you're interested in following the issue, you can come to our website, or you can certainly go to the US EPA website. All right, very good. Yeah, that that's going to be an ongoing issue and one that we want to make sure members are kept apprised of. So again. As we've said, government affairs at WQA, e-news, weekly e-news. If you're not getting our weekly e-news, this is the kind of thing that you're going to miss out on if you don't have it. And you're going to be hitting the road again very shortly because you'll be in Florida for the Florida Water Quality Association. Members down there will get a chance to meet you and hear from you. What do you plan to discuss? Well, we're going to discuss uh, down in Florida and Orlando with the Florida WQA is again. Uh, we're going to talk about these new other issues that are coming up that we're tracking uh, more than 80 bills around the, around the country. Again, the big bill still is lead, but I think you're seeing these PFCs becoming a big issue now and other contaminants. So we're going to be looking at that. And Florida has had an issue with some door-to-door issues. Uh, I was going to bring solicit- that up. I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. they had, they had uh, some door-to-door solicitation issues down there. So uh, earlier this year, we met with the Attorney General uh, Office in Florida up in Tallahassee to bring that to their attention and, and make sure that they used the Water Quality Association and the Florida Water Quality Association as a resource. So Florida WQA is always a good 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 uh, well-attended uh, group down there so I look forward to being down here right and speaking of the door-to-door issues uh, if you have a, a customer who's concerned at all just point them to our website right on the home page at toward the bottom we have our news releases there you'll see a news release related to the door-to-door scams and the concerns about them so that's a, a, another resource WQA uh, can provide for our members. Well, David, uh, always a pleasure to have you, as we've uh, often had you uh, giving us updates. And again, wqa.org slash government affairs is mm-hmm. the place to go for updates Great. on government affairs. Thank you. Thanks, Russ. This is Kathleen Foltz, WQA's Regulatory and Government Affairs Manager with your Regulatory Update. WQA participated in the U.S. EPA's National Leadership Summit on perfluorinated chemicals, often referred to as PFAS. 
WQA published a PFAS in Drinking Waters fact sheet on WQA.org on the Government Affairs webpage. This fact sheet provides an overview on sources of contamination, potential health effects, current research, and effective point of use and point of entry drinking water treatment methods to address these contaminants. We have also gathered a list of state actions to address PFASs to track the direction of the regulations. If you are interested in learning more, visit WQA's regulatory info search or go to WQA.org government affairs webpage to download the spreadsheet on state actions to address PFASs. I'm Kathleen Fultz for WQA Radio. This week's WQA tip, well, it's really a thank you to our listeners. Did you know that we have folks listening to our podcast around the world in the Philippines, Canada, the United Kingdom, Turkey, Pakistan, Kenya, Japan, and others. It's great to know you're interested in our interviews and the guests we have on the show from week to week. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to hear more about a certain topic or issue, let me know. Email me at wbleed at wqa.org. That's W-B-L-E-E-D at wqa.org. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at wqa.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.